Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now, you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Virtual Selling in the Digital Era Informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, Links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as links posted to iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Angela Dorsey, founder of Dorsey Wealth Management, is a fee-only financial planner in Torrance, California, providing wealth management and retirement planning for women and couples. Angela has a certificate in financial planning from the College for Financial Planning, an MBA from the Anderson School of Management at UCLA, and a BS in computer science from Loyola Marymount University. Angela is a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor. She's a member of NAPFA, which is the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Angela created Dorsey Wealth Management because she had a lifelong passion for financial planning. She enjoyed helping others better understand and organize their finances, then put a plan in place to achieve the financial goals. While helping her friends, who were smart and successful women, she noticed many didn't have the knowledge and confidence to manage their personal finances well. As a result, she found that many of them felt embarrassed and ashamed about their finances while promising themselves to get their finances in order someday. From this experience, she saw the need for financial planning for women. So welcome to the show today, Angela. Thanks, Candy. Thanks for having me. Sure. Glad to have you back. I know we uh, had you when I was doing Voice America, and now I'm glad that you could be part of our podcast here too. So I wanted to start off, first of all, with just telling us a little bit more about your background and how you became a financial advisor. 
Well, sure. Well, as in my bio stated, I've always had a passion for financial planning. Even when I was a little girl, I enjoyed reading Money Magazine and looking at, you know, the stock market. And I was just so fascinated by it. So I was just naturally drawn to it. And as I, you know, progressed through my career, I would notice that a lot of the women who I worked with really didn't have, I would say for myself, kind of the basics of how to build a strong financial future. And so I started, you know, helping them as I could, uh, helping them with their 401k, pick out investments, help them with, you know, general budgeting type questions, stock market questions. And I found that really fulfilling because I found that I had a natural interest and talent in that area. And I saw a huge need for that. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time I was working in a corporate environment. And so after a few years, I really got to a point where I really wanted to be self-employed, have the freedom and flexibility of being self-employed. But then I also wanted to, um, I would say it's more like a calling to really mm -hmm. help uh, people, especially women who are in charge of their family's finances, really partner with them and, and help them to achieve the financial uh, life that they so strive for. And so um, I actually started my practice uh, part-time, you know, while working full-time in corporate. And I was able to um, build up my practice to a point where I was able to, um, you know, kind of cut that cord and take the <laughs> leap and become right. a business owner. And it's been so rewarding. Uh, it, each, each year I find out what, how great the need is for women in mm -hmm. financial planning. It's very much an unserved market. Mm -hmm. And, um, yep. you know, for women, there's not a lot of CFPs, financial planners who are women. I think it's only 23% of women have their mm -hmm. CFP. So, um, so it's a natural fit for me. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, we know there's obviously challenges to being a business owner, whether you're, you know, a man or a woman, but what is it about being a woman business owner that really has those additional challenges? Oh boy, yes, it's especially challenging. Um, it's challenging because we wear so many hats. Mm -hmm. uh, not only are we you know, juggling meetings with our clients, trying to market our business, um, where we're trying to, you know, we have family commitments. And so we're really torn in so many directions that it's mm -hmm. really hard to focus on things that aren't really knocking at your door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so it's really easy to put your finances on the back burner. And so um, I would say with a challenge with that is, is finding the time and mm -hmm. then also developing the expertise to really focus um, you know, in that area. And, you know, with, with the day-to-day -day activities, you know, business women, we're, we're focused on, you know, growing our business and protecting our business. And it's really difficult to also carve out time to do the same for mm -hmm. our finances in terms of growing our finances, protecting it, and then seeking out uh, information that would help us in that area. Right. Well, and I think too, I mean, especially single moms, right, who are business owners too, you can see where that would be a real struggle because they're trying to balance, you know, their kids and, and work too. But even for those who are married that have spouses in the home, especially now with COVID, right, and having to potentially homeschool kids and run your business and, you know, oh, maybe gosh. work in the same room with your spouse, even if he's having to work from home too, there's so many challenges even now 
that oh, are really even, starting to impact us. No, that's that's a great point. I mean, even with with COVID, there's just an extra layer of complexity. You know, now mm-hmm. women who have small kids at home. You know, fortunately for myself, my kids are are older and right. in college, but to have kids at home and you're homeschooling. Oh my gosh, that's, mm-hmm. that's such a tall order to try and manage. Right. I, I can't imagine that's really right. difficult. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm in the same boat where mine are older now too. And just, I, I did homeschool for a while, my kids, although we always did it through a public um, charter school. So it wasn't the same as having to plan everything. But I remember those days and that was right when I was starting my business too. And it was a struggle, but thinking now of these people that are trying to do everything, running a business with the challenges that they're facing now, plus the family things that are going on and kids going stir crazy too, because they can't even necessarily be outside as much and playing with their friends. It's It's got to be a tremendous burden. And you know, Candy, the reality is you cannot do everything. Mm-hmm. You really can't. And so I think juggling is a good word for what we're doing right now. You mm-hmm. know, really just trying to hit the priorities, you know, keep things moving, but you really cannot do everything and do everything mm-hmm. you want to do. It's, it's just a matter of making sure that you try not to ignore a major piece, but um, it's, it's really difficult to do everything. <laughs> But, but we try, don't we? <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> but I would love to touch on first, you know, a lot of times you hear business owners saying, you know, well, I'm going to just work really hard in my business and that's going to be what I have for retirement. I can sell my business and, you know, have my money for that. And we know even because of times now where people might be thinking they wanted to sell a business and there's extra challenges around that now. But even when we're not in the midst of a pandemic, why is it not a good idea to think Think that your business can be your retirement plan? Yes, that, that's a great question, Candy. Well, your business is, it's a part of a good strategy, mm-hmm. but it's not the complete strategy. Uh, just like your investment portfolio, it needs to be diversified. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a business, it has ups and downs. And we like to think that we have total control over our business, but there's many, many aspects that we don't have control over, right? Right. <laughs> Some days are just really (laughs) obvious that we don't have total control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that, um, at the end of the day, when you think about, well, my business is my retirement plan, you know, there's so many unknowns, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that you'll be able to sell your business, you know, Mm -hmm. if that's your strategy, or if your, your strategy is to withdraw money from it, you know, maybe it won't be a sound strategy. I mean, think about all the people who had that strategy in 2020, you know, that didn't quite work out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's so many factors that um, can uh, influence what you'd be able to withdraw from a business or be able to sell a business. Or Mm -hmm. if your plan is to continue to work, you know, many of us, we love our business. It's our passion. And we can't imagine ever wanting to retire. Well, maybe, you know, your mind wants to continue, but your body says no, you know, maybe, unfortunately, you have some health challenges, and um, there's just some things outside of your control, maybe, you know, you're taking care of a family member, you you really don't know. So um, it's part of a strategy. but it shouldn't be the the only thing Mm -hmm. that you you count on and so that's why i really um, encourage women business owners to look at their business as part of their plan but then also have other assets for example Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, more liquid assets and investment portfolio that would help them to navigate retirement. Just like mm -hmm. with an investment portfolio needs to be diversified, your retirement plan needs to be diversified. Right. Well, and I know we're going to talk on, you know, there's a few financial mistakes that we're going to cover today. Um, and so why don't we start talking about that first one? What is the first mistake that you want to discuss that women owners are making? Well, yes. Well, to continue the, the conversation about, you know, not letting your business be the, your retirement plan, um, you really need to figure out, um, you know, what your, what your goal is. So I would say the first um, challenge or mistake that women business owners make is to not have a personal goal of when they'd like to retire. You know, they have all these goals for their business. Mm -hmm. you know, they may have annual goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals right. <laughs> of what they want to achieve and what they want to do for their business. Um, okay, great. Well, let's transition that a bit to personal. You know, mm -hmm. when would you like to retire and what does retirement look like for you? Um, and, and I think that that would help shape what you would want the, your business to do for you. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, if um, retirement is completely letting go of the business, completely doing something else, then maybe you want to bring in someone who can eventually take over the business, or maybe you want to start selling shares to, to someone to eventually take it over. You know, so I think it starts with having a goal. Well, what does that look like? You know, do mm -hmm. you want to work? part-time? Do you want to work as a consultant for your business? Do you want to sell it? And, and also, you know, if you're married, discuss that with your spouse so that the two of you are together and what that looks like. And, and from that goal, then the plan can be, well, what should retirement look like? And how mm -hmm. does that shape perhaps the long-term plan mm -hmm. for the business? Right. So that's, that's where so it important. starts with. Yeah, <laughs> right. it really, it's important to know wh where you want to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, where do we want to go and then figure out how to get there. Right. So that and that could change over first. time too. It doesn't mean that you write it and it's like set in stone. So it's probably look back at it over time too, just like you would look at your investment portfolio and does something need to be rebalanced? You know, do mm -hmm. I need to change anything? Oh, that's a great point. Yes. <laughs> Plans do change. Mm -hmm. They do change. And you have to be flexible. And so and we have to be okay with that. You know, maybe, right. you know, last year, we wanted our goal to be something different than what we want our goal to be now. And that's perfectly fine. You know, we need to be flexible and change with mm -hmm. the environment change with our personal goals change with our family situation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's why I do think it's good, you know, just like you mentioned with your portfolio to revisit it annually, you know, mm -hmm. maybe what your goal was five years ago, isn't really your goal today. Right. And so, and, and discuss it. And, and I think it, it evolves, you know, just like our mm -hmm. goals evolve, um, our um, retirement goals can evolve too. Right. So after they have figured out what their goals are and what they want to achieve, what would be their next step? Well, once you know kind of where you want to go, you have to figure out, well, what do we have so far, you mm -hmm. see? And I found that, um, especially when, when I um, take on a new client, the, the first thing that we do is we get organized because a lot of, of people don't really know what they have. 
know, mm-hmm. they know they have accounts here and they have accounts there, but they don't really know what, what investments they have. They really don't right. know what that particular account or that investment is doing for them. And so um, I really encourage someone if they, after they set up their goal is to really kind of take stock of what they have, mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. You know, they may have a bank account. Well, um, do you have too much cash in your bank account? And we'll, we'll, I'd like to touch on that later in terms of women having too much cash. Okay. <laughs> you would think that that's a good problem to have. Um, however, if, if you're too conservative, then it's, it's not good. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so you need to get organized, figure out um, what you have. And try and understand. So if you have an, uh, an account with a certain um, uh, financial institution and you don't really understand what it is, you know, just give them a call and ask mm-hmm. them, can you explain to me what this investment is and how am I being charged? And, you know, what, what type of investment is this appropriate for? And really assess if that type of investment is appropriate for whatever goal you've set for yourself. So I would say, you know, you get organized and then pull together uh, kind of a, a, a net worth statement. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and a net worth statement, it's a really good summary. And if you're married, then um, I would recommend that you discuss a net worth statement with your spouse. And especially if you're not the one managing the family's finances, let's say your mm-hmm. spouse is managing the family's finances, then it's really critical to have that net worth statement so that you stay informed. Right. And talking about that net worth statement, can you just explain to a listener who maybe is a little confused on exactly what's, you know, what information is on there? What really is a net worth statement? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. I, I throw, throw out these jargons out there. <laughs> no. um, a, a net worth statement is a document. It doesn't have to be a formal document. It can be handwritten. But basically what it does is it lists your assets, basically what you own, and then it lists your, your debts, which mm-hmm. is what you owe. And so typically on a net worth statement, on the left-hand side, you have everything that you own. So you have your bank accounts, your checking accounts, savings accounts. You would have the fair market value of, if you own your home, you a home, rental mm-hmm. properties, some people even put their business, like if their business has been um, evaluated, you can have, uh, you know, the, the fair market value of your business. So you put all of that on the left-hand side and then you total that, you know, so your portfolios, your real estate, everything you have, you total that and that's your um, total assets. Mm-hmm. And then on the right-hand side, you list everything you owe. So if you own a home, you put in your mortgage. If you have a home equity line of credit, you put that. Credit cards, car loans, student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything that you owe, you know, you put that on the right-hand side and you told that. And then you subtract what you owe from what you own. And then that's your net worth statement. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's positive. So and hopefully that number is positive. Yes. Yes. Hopefully that number is positive. And that number, what I love about that number is it's kind of like a financial gauge, a financial report card, mm-hmm. where with that number, 
you can really get a sense of your total financial picture. Right. And then if you track it, um, you, know, you can see, well, is my net worth this year greater than say last year? And you can detect some trends. And then mm -hmm. if you say, oh, wow, my net worth went down, but my investments did well, what happened? Well, if you look and you notice, well, my liabilities mm -hmm. went up, you see, um, is there maybe, you know, some issues with the debt? Maybe are you using the credit card too much or um, incurring other loans or debts? And so it's really a great way to just take a really quick snapshot of what's happening and a great way to, to track what's going on. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a good way of conversation mm -hmm. piece too between couples where you can see this one document and it's a great way right. to stay informed in terms of what's happening. So you know what, uh, you know, loans are being taken out and what, you know, right. how, where the accounts are. So it's a really great, it's like a report card. Well, especially if one is a spender and one is a saver, they can really look at the impact of, you know, this is how we're doing because we saved, or this is how we're doing because we spent, you know, so it's a good thing to look at. And I was going to say yeah, the same thing is. in business, you know, in business, they have the balance sheet, right? So we're talking yes. to business women owners. So if you're familiar mm -hmm. with the balance sheet, right, you have your assets and your liability and your equity. So it's similar on the personal side too. Yes, it is really similar. Yeah, that's a great analogy because you're able to get a really quick snapshot of your total financial picture. Mm -hmm. And you're able to see trends, you're able to compare it to last year to five years ago. And you can easily spot, you know, red flags, like if you notice mm -hmm. that, say, your liabilities are increasing. Well, is it good debt or bad debt? You know, right. um, you know, maybe if you just purchased a home or purchased rental property, well, that's good, good debt. But if mm -hmm. you notice that your liabilities are going up, because maybe you're, you're charging too much, and not paying it off, you know, not paying, not in the position to pay off your, your credit card every month, then that's a red flag. So mm -hmm. um, that's why I like to look at the total picture and not just your assets, because that can be misleading. You need to look at the other side too. Right, exactly. So I know we said we were going to talk about a few mistakes. So what would be another mistake then that women business owners may be making? Well, I, I think I'd like to continue with, with the, the whole, um, debt and mm -hmm. what you owe um, conversation. And I think that that is a very slippery slope and it's something that can easily happen if you don't have a budget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is the next mistake where um, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I have so much respect for women business owners. We, we just do so much and we're just really um, amazing. <laughs> right. Um, and we have a budget for our business, you know, we, we make sure we invest wisely, um, that we don't overspend, you know, we're really, you know, watching every penny. Um, however, I see that, that sometimes that same level of attention and detail isn't spent on the personal side. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, um, because the skill is there. So it's not a right. skill, it's, it's more like the attention, you know, again, being just pulled in so many directions. Um, it, it's just something that's just not, um, you know, focused on. And so with, with that, um, women, um, you know, could really use a, a personal budget. And I know mm -hmm. we hate the word budget. It sounds so, you know, oh my gosh, I don't want a budget. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's not as bad as it seems. It's really more like, okay, 
am I spending in a way that supports my goals? Right. You know, I'm not saying you can't go out and shop or buy shoes or go out to dinner or anything like that. It's really, are you spending in a way that um, supports your goals? And so if you set your goals and you have your retirement plan and everything, and you know that you need to have a certain amount saved. Well, if you're saving that amount, if your credit cards are not going up, again, I go back to the net worth statement. Mm -hmm. If your net worth statement looks good and the trend is good, well, then you you don't need a strict budget because you're doing the right things. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're saving money. You're not living above your means, um, you know, taking on additional debt. And so um, with, so with that, you know, having a budget means that you are, you are on track to achieve your goals. It could be as simple as that. If you're saving, paying off your credit cards, well, that's your budget right there. You Mm -hmm. see, you don't need to do a detail. Well, how much did we spend on groceries this week? You know, <laughs> But if there's a problem, then I think you do have to kind of take a few steps back and really understand where your money's going so that you can make some changes. Mm-hmm. And you might be surprised. I know when I go through this exercise with my clients, they're always surprised in terms of where the money is going. And then they think, oh, gosh, right. I really don't want to spend so much money on, on X. You know, I could do without that. So it's making right. a conscious decision of how the money should be spent. Mm-hmm. So a budget really creates awareness of the cash flow and it, it focuses on your, your goals. Right. And that's what I was thinking. If they really think of it, think of it as meeting their goals, not like, oh, I can't spend, you know, anything, but it's like, what are your goals and what do you need to get there? Well, this will help you, right? You know. Yes. So. This will, this will definitely help. And um, another uh, challenge within the whole budgeting thing is commingling business Mm -hmm. and personal. And I know you see this all the time with bookkeeping candy. Yeah. I was going to say, that sounds like the next common mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it is. It's probably very common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know you do see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to explain why you shouldn't be doing that too, but there's some reasons on the business side alone, but why would you say just, even if, you know, they're a sole proprietor or something, right. And it's not as urgent for them to like separate because of, you know, a corporate entity is not supposed to mix. Why would you tell them even from a personal perspective, not to mix business and personal? Well, I would advise them not to mix business and personal, because when you mix them, it's hard to see what's going on. It's hard to track mm-hmm. progress. You, you see all this money in the bank account. Well, maybe not all that money is, can be used for personal. You know, maybe a right. good portion of that will be needed for business expenses. And so when you commingle, it's like you're, you're mudding the water and it's hard to really get clear uh, uh, measurement of your mm-hmm. progress. You know, again, I go back to that net worth statement. You, you really can't be accurate in that if you have, you know, a savings account there. Well, well that's really business, you know, right. and that will be used for payroll next month. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's misleading. So um, it, it's critical not to commingle just so you can be better able to track the, mm-hmm. um, progress and just what this 
you know, situation is on both the business and, and the personal side. Right. And, and then you can feel free to know, okay, uh, we, we really do have this excess cash. So let's, let's uh, invest, let's invest in a SEP, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a retirement plan for self-employed. Let's, let's pay off debt, you know, really, it makes decision making so much harder right. when everything is commingled. It's just hard to, to uh, figure out what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, but they might think it's all in one bank account, so it's easy, right? But, no, I, you know, but yeah. yes, I, I, even from the perspective just of the bookkeeping and helping the, the business owner side of it realize, yes, you don't want to have that because, again, it's not even easy to reconcile because you're going to put everything business in and not have the personal and then you can't reconcile or do you have to put the personal in the books, which really shouldn't be in the books, but yes. <laughs> it's know. messy and confusing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not good. But I would say it is more difficult for uh, business owners to uh, make that distinction because mm-hmm. there are some expenses that can be both personal and business. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes more sense to make it business because you get the tax write-off. So it's not a very clear line of what's business and what's personal, but I would just say as much as possible, you know, make that distinction and uh, try and keep them separate. I mean, definitely have a separate bank account, please. Right. And <laughs> credit separate. card accounts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Have separate bank yeah. accounts, have separate um, credit cards. Uh, as much as possible. Definitely don't mix, you know, one, one credit card, have business expenses and personal expenses. That That's just, um, right. you know, makes life more difficult to, for bookkeeping and also for tracking what your expenses are. Right. And hopefully they're never audited, but if so, it makes it even harder for that too. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm sure you have another tip, you know, there's so many different things we could probably, you know, dip our toes into, but what would be another tip that you would share with the women business owners? Um, well, I'd like to touch again on, on, on debt. Um, you know, I, I see debt as a common mistake where there's just too much debt. And when I say debt, I mean, personal debt, mm-hmm. um, bad debt. Uh, as, as business owners, you know, we, we know that debt is required sometimes to make investments in our business. And right. so it's good debt. You know, you, you need debt in order to grow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but on the personal side, I think it's very easy to maybe be a little loose with that and mm-hmm. have, um, you know, maybe too much in credit cards car loans, um, consumer debt, Mm -hmm. you see. And so, you know, again, just, and it goes back to having a budget, you know, just making sure that you watch your personal debt and um, give it, give it the same amount of attention you give your business. Right. So that's basically. And I think it's good where you started to mention too, there, there can be good debt and you might have to invest in your business because someone might be so afraid to have debt too, and think that it's not a good thing to have that they can't scale their business. You know, they can't grow, you know, whether it's purchasing more inventory or if they need new equipment because they're afraid to take on that loan or, you know, the line of credit. So I think touching on that saying, you know, once in a while, it is a wise investment because it's going to help you in the long run, but it's just being prudent, right? (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Having debt, Debt used strategically is a very good thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, don't get me wrong. 
Um, it's just that you also have to be mindful of, of the right. bad debt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So is there another mistake that you see business owners making that you wanted to discuss? Uh, yes. And this really became, oh my gosh, critical in 2020. And that's having liquidity, you know, mm-hmm. having an emergency fund. And, you know, what, what we experienced, well, and still continue to experience with the pandemic it's, 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 it's very difficult, d- difficult um, environment right now for, for mm-hmm. business owners, for most business owners. However, the ones that have a better chance of surviving are those who had um, emergency funds, those mm-hmm. who had cash. Um, and then also those that weren't burdened by debt. Again, I'm hitting on right. the debt thing. But um, specifically, having an emergency fund is, is so important even on the personal side. Mm-hmm. So even for, for everyone else who's not a business owner, just having an emergency fund is so key because you never know what's going to happen. Right. No one saw this coming. Right. But um, even without that, um, you know, things happen. Life happens. You know, things break. The refrigerator breaks. Mm-hmm. The roof needs fixing. You know, there's always unexpected expenses. And to better prepare for the inevitable is to have cash on mm-hmm. hand, an emergency fund. And, you know, Candy, I used to recommend, gosh, I used to be like three to six months of living expenses. Mm-hmm. But after 2020, I'm recommending a year. Mm-hmm. I really recommend a year because I, mean, I doubt that we'll, well, I hope we won't have to um, experience what we're going through again. Um, in our lifetimes, but just in case something like, it shows that it can happen, you know, things can happen and it's best to be prepared and to have an emergency fund of a year of living expenses, I think would be, you know, a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to put that money aside into a savings account. And I know that right now, the, the earnings on savings account, it's pretty much 0.0. 0. <laughs> right. Right. You, know. you might get a penny or two. <laughs> you might get a penny or two, which is kind of like makes yeah. it worse. Oh my gosh, you get the statement for four cents. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that money is not there to, to earn money. Mm-hmm. It's that money is just to be there for you. It's like an insurance policy. It's just mm-hmm. there to, it's, it's just there to, for you in case you need it. You don't have to worry about it going up or going down, but it will be there for you in, in case of emergencies. Right. So um, I would recommend that you just put that into that emergency fund. Just put it away where it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, maybe get an online account with Ally or PNC mm-hmm. Bank. They seem to have the highest returns, even though it's still, you know, relatively low. Um, but it's a little higher than what you would get, say, in a, in a bank or a financial institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, again, having an emergency fund, having liquidity really helps to get you through the rough times. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so true. And I I would tell people the same thing often when, you know, I was meeting with someone and saying the same thing, like, let's make sure you have some cash on hand. You never know when some of those unexpected things are going to happen. 
and we don't even know we're still in the midst of you know this pandemic and how long is this going to last so i think it is so important to have that savings and you know i'm sure you know talking about the future and retirement and you know saving for that is important um, but at the same time having where you're not in such like dire straits because you don't have cash available is is important too so i don't know if that leads into another is there another financial mistake that we should talk about well um I may want, yes, I want to touch on something that I mentioned earlier <clears throat> about women having too much cash. Now, this may contradict mm. what I just said. <laughs> right. But you want to have cash for an emergency fund. <clears throat> Excuse me. Definitely. That's important. However, when it comes to investing, okay, so this isn't cash for emergency fund. This is your investment strategy, you know, saving for the future, long-term goals. Mm-hmm. What I see is that women don't... Um, invest enough, you know, they Mm -hmm. have too much in say a money market account or a savings account. And realistically, that's not going to get you where you want to go. You know, you cannot grow your assets in a money market account. Mm -hmm. Inflation will basically eat all that. And so I'm finding that not um, enough women are investing in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And I know investing in the market can be scary. Right. Um, Uh, I think the news makes it scary because every day there's something, oh my gosh, you know, uh, the market is plummeting. It's just terrible, you know, sell, sell, sell. But then when the market does well, they say the market's overheated. Where are the deals? Everything's, you know, too expensive. And so wherever you look, it's just like, gosh, you know, when it's a good time to invest, it seems like every day it's Mm -hmm. bad news. Well, the right time to invest is today right Mm -hmm. now with what you have and to not try and time the market because no one can time the market. Right. But what you want to do is just make sure that you're investing uh, in a, a, you know, sound way where it's not, you know, too aggressive where it's, it's um, allocated and diversified based on your goals, your risk tolerance. And so you really don't have to worry. You know, once you have a good investment strategy, a good plan, you don't have to worry about whether the market's up or down or, right. you know, <clears throat> what's happening because you're not trying to time the market. Market timers are, in the end, they their returns over the long term are, are um, lower than someone who just has a strategy and sticks with it and never sells when the market is down. And Nor do you get greedy when the market's going up. <laughs> you just have a plan and you just stick with it. Right, right. <laughs> And so, um, you know, the ups and downs of the stock market can be scary, especially, you know, for business owners, because we're used to controlling more right. like, what's going on. And we have no control over the stock market. That's true. And so with that, you just let it do what it's going to do, but you don't react. Uh, right. You don't sell or do anything. And mm-hmm. so part of a healthy investment plan is to have a portion of stocks, have a portion of bonds and and have something very boring and just stick with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then over time, you'll be surprised how it really grows. You know, right. it, it just grows and really without a lot of, you know, um, you know, in and out of the market, it, it, it's best just to stay, stay put. And so right. that's what I would, that's another thing I see, you know, just being too conservative when it comes mm-hmm. to, um, investing. Right. And so the earlier you start, the better so that you can let the compounding um, work for you. 
Right. I think that's so true too. I think generally speaking, and of course this is just a generalization, but women are generally more conservative than men and they'll take more risk earlier. And that's, you know, where they can build that wealth. So like I said, I think just realizing that, you know, look at your risk tolerance, but then maybe there's actually, you can really go a little more risky than what you're looking at now because you have time. Like it's one thing if you're in your sixties or something, right. Or seventies and you, you have Mm -hmm. to be more cautious, but if you're 20 or 30 years old and you have a lot of years ahead of you before retirement, then you can, kind of wait out and, you know, deal with the ups and downs of the market. Cause in the long run, when you look at those trends, they trend up, right. You know? Oh so. yes. In mm-hmm. the long term, the market goes up mm-hmm. and okay. those who stay in the long term. Yes. And so those who have a long-term plan, they, they win those who sell uh, when the market's down or when, mm-hmm. you know, in response to what's happening in the news, they're the right. ones who lose out. So you just need right. to stay put and stick with your strategy and pretty much ignore the news when it comes to right. the stock market. Like what I'm hearing you say is don't panic, right? Don't yes, it, it panic. might have gone down, but that's the worst time. Like you said, is you you see the market go down and then you panic and then you sell, right? Now you're selling it yeah. like at a really low price. So yeah. That's so, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it, mm-hmm. and it never fails. There'll be a huge dip. And then all the the um, the main street investors, you know, a lot of them, they'll sell, sell, sell. And then the Wall Street people, they'll start buying the very next day, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so don't fall for that. Don't do it. Just stay exactly. in there and don't panic. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we have had a lot of great information to share. I know we're running out of time in terms of how much we have to discuss today. So I would love for you to say if you just have an offer that you would like to share with those who are listening and maybe they realize they need to, you know, get more information or have a conversation. So what would you have for the listeners? Uh, yes, I welcome them to visit my website, DorseyWealth.com, and I have a free ebook that they can download from my website. And it really gives more information on how to uh, prepare for retirement and how to mm-hmm. retire with confidence. It gives them a lot more tips of, um, you know, how I help my clients uh, work um, and, and uh, achieve the retirement that they desire. And so I'd ask them to go there and you know, just download that. And okay. um, if they also want to schedule time to chat with me, there's an online scheduling tool where we can, um, they can schedule like a 30 minute phone call and we can chat about what it is that you're um, looking to accomplish or maybe what you're struggling with. And sure, I'd be more than happy to help you. Perfect. And did you want to share like a phone number or email or any social media where they can reach out to you that way too? Uh, Sure. Yes. They can email me at Angela at DorseyWell.com. Okay. And, um, I think, you know, first of all, this has just been great to have you again on the show. I really appreciate your taking the time to, you know, chat with me again and um, sharing your expertise. So, oh, I thank you, Candy. That. Absolutely. <laughs> Love to be so, here. Well, and I wanted to thank the listeners also for tuning in to the show today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions about what are the top financial mistakes that women business owners make. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Angela at the link that she shared or send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share the show information with those you know? We'd greatly appreciate your support. Be sure to join us again next week as we discuss another important topic. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is ab 
www.thepodcastandp.com. And you can find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.